When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Wednesday morning, middle of the week already. It's the 15th of March, 2023. Good to be with you. Daniel Pedgrew in the chair for the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. That's all before breakfast with Vossie and James Magnuson this morning from 6 AM. Our Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossie and James before Patton Heels along at 6am local time for you. Good to be with you. Maddie Cox will join me, host of Tradies News in Melbourne in about 15 minutes. I'm sure he'll be excited. The AFL season uh, begins tomorrow night and we'll talk about some of the uh, topics, including... Uh, well, there's news about the NRL Grand Final again, uh, which we'll get to in this opening 10 minutes, but also uh, a bit of news around the AFL Grand Final as well and what may or may not be happening. So we'll discuss that. We'll discuss all the hot NRL topics and we'll get the level of excitement from Matty in AFL Town. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic, thanks to Reem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, built tough for Aussie conditions. Ask your plumber for Australia's favourite and install a ream. Speaking of AFL, just before we get on to uh, rugby league matters, back page of the Daily Telegraph today, a big picture of Buddy Franklin um, saying, last rush of Bud, uh, Swans flag Franklin's final goal. Uh, So he's won two of AFL premierships, 1,047 goals. And the title was the greatest ever to play the game, but hasn't actually won, uh, I don't think, no, he hasn't. He hasn't won a competition with the Sydney Swans. But I think in terms of marketing, um, and look, um, he's helped the Swans along the way. I'm not an AFL expert, but he has helped the Swans uh, along the way to an extent. Um, He's been a great signing for the Sydney Swans, hasn't he? In terms of marketing for AFL, he's been great. So... Want to know, and it doesn't have to be NRL, doesn't have to be AFL, but obviously it can be, your club's or your team's greatest signings of all time. Either a uh, player or potentially a coach that has turned the side around and you ended up going on to win a premiership, or maybe a player or a coach that maybe you haven't won the competition, but he's been or she's been sensational for you. Or it's just been really, really good to have them around the club. They've improved the attitude. They've improved the culture of the team. So your club, your team's greatest signings of all time. Who's your favourite signing of all time? And while we're in it, who's your favourite player of all time as well? Doesn't have to be from a different club. Could be someone that stayed at your club for the whole of their career. So best signing of all time and your favourite player of all time from your club, your team, any sport. 0457 736 736 is our text number. Open line number to have you say is 1300 01 1170. The best signings of all time and also your favourite player of all time. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. All right, into some news of the day. Now, it was interesting 
the other morning we were talking about Brad Arthur, the Parramatta Eels coach, and we know they're zero from two to start season 2023. Um, and they've got Manly tomorrow night, followed by Penrith and the Roosters. So three on paper tricky games. Um, and I got a text in, I think it was from Dan, saying that he doesn't believe Brad Arthur should be the coach of the Parramatta Eels anymore. And I was asked over the weekend that if Parramatta are zero from five, and there's a distinct possibility they could be, they could also win their next three games in a row. They've got the side that they can do that. Would Brad Arthur be under some kind of pressure? And you, I, I, look, I don't think he'd be, I didn't think he'd be sacked or anything, but I think, yeah, zero from five from last year's grand final. This wouldn't be a good look. Anyway, uh, don't worry about all of that because uh, Brad Arthur insists he will be at Parramatta for as long as the club is willing to have him after he was handed a one-year extension that will help him become the longest-serving coach in the club's history. So it was revealed last night that Eels bosses have taken up an option in Arthur's contract for the 2025 season in a huge show of faith for Parramatta's grand final mentor ahead of tomorrow night's clash against Manly. Uh, the Eels have ended months of speculation over Arthur's future uh, Last year when they signed the veteran coach to a two-year deal, so they ended a month of speculation. And, of course, we know Parramatta made the grand final against the Penrith Panthers. Uh, despite, though, the two consecutive losses to the 2023 campaign, uh, the Parramatta hierarchy are ramping up their commitment to Arthur for a longer term, with their parties thrashing out a 12-month extension for the 2025 season. It is understood that Arthur had triggers in his contract for the 2025 season, and although he had yet to fulfil all of them, the club decided to gift wrap him an extension as a reward for his recent work at the helm of the club. Uh, so well done to Brad Arthur. He said yesterday, I know my management has been talking to the club. I always said the pleasure is mine. I've been fortunate to have a lot of trust put in me from both the club and the administration, but also the players. I didn't think I would be here this long. I love it. I want to be a career coach. I understand and get it. That is not going to be always at this club, but wherever the club is willing to have me, wherever the club is willing to have me, I'd love to stay. Uh, Eels fans, 0457 736 736 or 1300 or NRL fans generally. Good move by the Parramatta Eels to extend Bran Arthur until the end of 2025. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because, uh, look, Bran Arthur and the Eels have been there or thereabouts for a long time now. Um Four or five years, obviously, as I say, made the grand final, as we know, last year against the Penrith Panthers. Now, they've probably been unlucky while Brad Arthur's been coach to be in an era where we've seen Penrith go back-to-back. Before that, we saw the Roosters go back-to-back. But I'm sure a lot of Parramatta fans are looking and hoping that at some stage very soon that Parramatta can go that one step further. Is Brad Arthur the coach to take Parramatta that one step further? He also said... Now that he's staying for another year, he's hoping that Mitch Moses will hang around for the ride with him. Brad Arthur, is he the right man to steer the Parramatta to a premiership? Now, admittedly, they have lost a few players this year, as we know from last year, which probably hasn't helped the situation for 2023. It is an odd one, though. He, he has been the coach for... He's actually going to be, if he sees out this contract, the longest-serving Parramatta coach. I'm sure Parramatta fans and... No doubt the board members will want to see him guide them to a premiership in the next few years. Brad Arthur, right or wrong move to extend his contract? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Now, last year, 
we were talking a lot about the grand final all the way up until, what was it, July or August? Well, here we go again. Uh, the Queensland government is ready to launch a fresh bid for the NRL grand final as doubt surrounds its future in Sydney heading into next week's New South Wales state election. So the Courier Mail has revealed Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk's government is open to bringing a second NRL grand final to Suncorp Stadium on the back of the 2021 grand final during COVID. Uh, New, uh, now Queensland wants more top flight events on the back of the Dolphins sizzling launch and the NRL's vision to introduce a fifth club in the state as part of the 20-team grand expansion plan for the competition. The NRL is yet to secure a venue for this year's grand final on the 1st of October after only striking a one-year deal, as we know, with the New South Wales government prior to last year's decider. The New South Wales state election could play a decisive role in the future of the NRL grand final, with Premier Dominic Perrottet's Liberal government under pressure from the opposition's Chris Minns. With uncertainty surrounding the New South Wales political landscape, Palaszczuk's stable Queensland government is ready to pounce. Uh, it was said yesterday, as the Premier has stated repeatedly, Queensland stands ready, willing and able to give the grand final a home at Suncorp Stadium if the NRL wants to create a truly national competition. We know Peter Volandis has floated a Super Bowl-style system where the season finale is played at different venues around the country every year. Uh, we know the 25-year-old, 25-year deal to host the grand final in Sydney collapsed. Um, do we see the grand final moving out of Sydney, really? 0457 736 736. And this whole Super Bowl-style thing of taking it around the country, uh, uh, no. Sydney... I think people, as I said last year, would probably be okay with it being in Queensland as well. But what do you think? one 1170 or 0457-736-736. So great signings of all time and just your favourite players of all time in any sport. Brad Arthur, is he the right man to steer the Eels to a premiership after he got handed a one-year coaching extension until the end of 2025? And the NRL Grand Final, where should it be played this year? one 1170 the open line number, or you can text 0457-736-736. Yeah, good to have your company on this Wednesday morning. Going to have a chat with Matty Cox in a second. Text coming in, I'll get to them after that. 0457-736-736 is our text number. Or you can call the open line anytime as well. one 1170 Brad Arthur. Uh, texts about him already. Is he the right man to take Parramatta to a premiership in the next couple of uh, years? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. And greatest signings of all time. Who is the club's greatest signings of all time? Let's have a chat with Matty Cox. A very good morning to you, Dan Pettigrew. That's another very good song, Matty. Uh, you've done well the past couple of weeks. I expect more over the next couple of weeks. No, don't expect it too much because uh, it's on a loop here, so mm. we could get anything uh, next week. So don't get too excited is what I'll say to you. That's okay. That's okay. Now, your level of excitement, Matty. AFL season, of course, we've had the NRL the past couple of weekends um, and there have been very good couple of rounds. AFL begins tomorrow night. Are you excited? Is it like Christmas Eve? I'll, uh, I'll leave it up to Gil to, uh, to sum up. I'm excited. I am very excited. Um, Sounds it too. <laughs> no, we are. I think the one thing that, as we've discussed over the last couple of weeks, the altered pre-season for uh, the AFL this year, I think what it's done is it's added a layer of anticipation that usually round one, and you'd understand this, there's, there's obviously the, the, the want for the real stuff mm. to, to begin. There's, you know... The, 
we, we just want it to start and get underway. But this year, I feel as if that's elevator because we've only had one proper pre-season match. We had a match simulation, which kind of sits out there in the ether and we don't really know what to make of it. And to be honest, I don't think we really know what to make of what unfolded in, in the proper pre-season mm. match as well, because it was our first glimpse of what things may look like for 2023. So I think that's added to this build-up of excitement. And the other rationale to that is that we've got some incredibly, well, evenly poised, at least on paper matches this weekend. Mm. Richmond-Carlton, which is generally the match that starts our season in the AFL. It didn't last year. They had a grand final rematch on the Wednesday night. Mm. And then the Thursday night was the Richmond-Carlton clash at the MCG. But this season, it will kick off with that encounter on Thursday night. And that's pretty even on paper. The Tigers, they've had a few new recruits, a couple of the Giants players in Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper joined the club. And we're intrigued about how they fit into the Richmond structure, how they'll look as they try to contend again in 2023. Has Carlton made the improvements they need to, to be able to close out matches and sneak into the top eight and maybe higher this season? So there's... Questions around that. We've then got the reigning premiers, Geelong taking on Collingwood. They're predicting over 80,000 for that encounter at the MCG on Friday night. Western Bulldogs, Melbourne are another encounter on Saturday night. So there's there's games are plenty across the Mm. competition. And even the ones that are probably dwindling a bit, like, for example, I'm not sure how many Saints and Fremantle fans will be too happy that I'm saying their (laughs) game's dwindling, but that's 4.40 on Sunday afternoon. But... Mm. We're, we're keen to see how Ross Lyon in his third reincarnation as a coach returning to the, the St Kilda Footy Club against his old side in Fremantle, just to see how they go and to see how the Dockers go, given they've got a few new recruits as well. So there's storylines plenty, And then added to that, we've got this issue with our venues across the competition that have been resurfaced following the Harry Styles and Ed Sheeran <laughs> concerts. You were there. Oh, for one of them, yes. Oh, wait, okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Harry? Uh, no. No, okay, um, yep. I was yeah, with half of Melbourne, uh, <laughs> yes. really, on one Friday night. Yes, well, it's yes. great getting into Richmond Station. Look uh, forward to doing that during the footy season. Yeah. I'll um, be there in a few weeks. Anyway, go on, yes. They haven't fixed that. Um, mm. the, um, so the, there's concerns about the state of the mm. surface. The MCG's mm. been pretty much resurfaced. In the last week and a half, Marvel's been through something similar. The Adelaide Oval is uh, went through about a week ago. I think they had their concert, so they've had parts mm. of that venue resurfaced. Optus Stadium over in Perth isn't going to be used this weekend. They're going to have two matches in round two because they had their concert on Sunday <laughs> night and are about to go through a similar sort of process. So there's a little concern about the condition of some of the grounds and how well the grass is going to be sown. Um, But from what we're hearing from the venue managers, particularly the MCC, given that's got the biggest spotlight on it, given it gets us underway on Thursday night, everything seems to be tracking and progressing well. So we can only believe what we're being told, Dan. And it is interesting what you said, Matty, about the anticipation. It was the same really from an NRL point of view, which is different to obviously what you just explained from an AFL point of view, where we had those two weeks, and we've talked about it before, but those two weeks of pre-season challenges. But the ratings over the first couple of weeks, and at least on Fox Sports, Fox League, have been enormous. Uh, some of the highest rating games ever in the 
have been two really good rounds of footy as well. Um, I, I think, you know, once you sort of get to probably round four, round five, the novelty probably wears off a little and people probably don't watch every single match as they probably would in the opening few rounds, but it's just good to have it back on. Um, and uh, the competitiveness of the early stages of the NRL season, I'm sure will happen in the AFL. In fact, Buddy Franklin, Matty, is actually back page of the Daily Telegraph today saying... Uh, that he wants to, his last thing that he needs to achieve is to win the flag for the Sydney Swans. Obviously, make the grand final last year, and uh, that was pretty one-sided. Oh, it was, but the, you're right. That's the one thing he hasn't been able to tick the box. And, and there's another curious storyline this year, mm. the Swans, because the record, uh, we mentioned it yesterday on uh, SEN Breakfast here in Melbourne, but it's uh, escaping me, but there's, there's something like, 13 teams over the last, I'm going to say, 20 or 30 years mm. who have had blowouts in grand finals. I think it's over a margin of about 60 points. There's been mm. about 13 teams there or thereabouts. They don't win a final the year after. The, the statistic is something like that. Don't quote me exactly, but it's in that vicinity. So the Sydney Swans are a curious case to be watching this year as well. They've got a very young and talented group can they continue to take that next step of development that we kind of anticipate or are they going to be struck down by this final grand final blowout curse that seems to impact the competition it happened with the giants a few years ago you'll probably remember in their Mm. blowout against the tigers and that set them off course but you get a different kind of sense with Sydney, they've got some very good leaders at that club and a very good culture. So I think they might be one that might be able to buck the trend. Mm, it'll be interesting. Now, I know you have a few things to throw at me. Just quickly, I was uh, looking at some uh, articles today uh, as I prepared for this uh, show, and I saw Gil McLaughlin, who was on AFL 360 last night, talking about uh, a, a grand twilight AFL grand final and it's really interesting because we've got news today about the NRL and potentially maybe moving up to Queensland it seems like these stories just go around and round and around in circles every year do you see it happening I mean I think I don't know if it was Gil or Jared Waitley who said that the Swans Collingwood match the twilight match uh, the preliminary final last year which was an excellent game uh, was a great spectacle probably the best spectacle of the year Twilight Grand Final, is it inevitable in the AFL to happen on a permanent basis? I don't think it's inevitable, Mm. but we're certainly as a football fraternity, and this is what Gil was alluded, he didn't want to get trapped. I think it was actually Robbo that was Mm. posing him the the question on AFL 360 last night, Mark Robinson, for your audience that probably aren't (laughs) familiar with him. He was trying to get out of him. Are you wedded to the 2.10 or 2.30, 2.40, whatever it is, the afternoon time slot, or are you keen to explore alternatives? And Gil was alluding to the fact that the football fraternity, the public, the supporters, seem to be warming to this idea of a twilight grand final. And Jared is adamant that from a presentation perspective, that the best time slot to showcase our game seems to be the 4.40 time slot on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. And that's even during the season. That that time slot, I can remember when they first implemented it. No one liked it. Everyone hated it. But now it's that perfect filler between 
Saturday afternoon sports coming to a close. People may be getting ready to do things on a Saturday night. The footy's on in the background. That time slot is becoming incredibly popular. Mm. And when you do look at the visuals from the preliminary final that was played in that time slot last year and over the last couple of years, it is a very attractive prospect that Gil... Gills was very reluctant to go any further than saying the football fraternity are warming it to it. As much as they tried to get it out of him last night, mm. I don't think it's inevitable, mm. but I certainly think people are coming around to the idea that we could have a game that starts still in sunlight mm. and conclude in the dark and we get the best of both worlds. Because the argument is if we have a night grand final, whilst that might be more attractive for international audiences, uh, you know, better prime time, et cetera. Is it family friendly? Will kids be able to stay up late? Yeah. Like if it starts too late, that's why the twilight seems to be in front of a night grand final. So in terms of an NRL grand final being at night time and from a fan's perspective, um, and obviously I'm not a kid, but from a fan's perspective, it is a real, really interesting one. In particular, Maddie, if your team is in it, um, and I've been lucky enough that I've seen my team win a few grand finals whilst it's been at night. And the game, I think all three games kicked off around seven, let's say quarter past seven, finishes at, say, nine, quarter past nine. And then if you stay around for the presentation, which if your team wins, mostly you do, that won't wrap up until about 10. Now, uh, in terms of the NRL, and I know the AFL uh, sort of do similar things, the team will then go back to where they're based later on that night and uh, celebrate with the fans or whatever. But you end up not seeing the team get back to wherever they're based until one one thirty in the morning. I think the Panthers, for example, uh, Greg Alexander, co-host of uh, the Breakfast Show here in Sydney, said last year, I don't think they got back to Panthers uh, leagues until about two two thirty in the morning. Um, and it also, not just that, it also, just for fans, even if you don't want to see your team and celebrate, but you want to go out. Yes, of course, things are going to be open at ten ten thirty at night. But I don't know. It, it just sort of that. That's probably one of the big downsides to a night grand final. And then you mentioned, obviously. Uh, family friendly and kids and we have this debate every year about state of origin as well which doesn't kick off until eight quarter past eight um so it is a tricky one if you're having a night grand final uh in but uh, i suppose it helps a bit being a saturday night for you guys and obviously it's a public holiday uh in, uh, in sydney and brisbane i think now on a sunday on a monday after the nrl grand final but yeah it is a tricky one and the uh, the other element to that is the the lead-up to it. So yeah. with the AFL community, we've got very heavy grand final breakfasts and yep. everything that lead into that lunchtime sort of early afternoon time slot. I can remember, even though it was COVID a couple of years ago when the grand final was uh, played at night in Brisbane, yes, it was later in the year and there was daylight savings, I think, that we had to, to work our way around as well. But yeah. the wait the entire day we had... I forget the races that were on that day. I think it might have been at Mooney Valley, mm. but it 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 still felt. Oh, this is taking forever. Come on, yeah. Can't we just get started already? Can't we? And that's why I think if we edge it towards that four forty time slot, I think everyone. Well, not everyone. And I'm a traditionalist. Mm. I have to put it out. I I would much prefer the red Sharon to the yellow Sharon. I'll put it uh, that way. Mm. The red football rather than yellow football for your audience. Thank you. Um. But I, I think we are slowly coming around to a twilight. I don't know whether it'll happen this year. 
Mm. Um, but I think they are certainly intrigued mm. by the, the sentiment that is changing. Will be very interesting to see uh, what happens over the next few years with the AFL. And speaking of grand finals, mm. there's there's one pivotal deciding match that's taking place tonight mm. in your neck of the woods. The Sydney Kings were allegedly unbeatable. <laughs> yep. And they're now on the verge of potentially losing the championship to New Zealand. Mm. It, it, what what's what's the feeling like in the Harbour City towards the Sydney Kings at the moment? Well, they are loved. Um, on Friday night, and you're right, I think especially when they won that one on Friday night, you thought probably they were going to go over to New Zealand and wrap it up, but the breakers uh, did well to force it to a decider tonight. But look, the Kings are very well supported in this city. Um, we had a record NBL crowd on Friday night of over 18,000 people. Um, and I know a few people that actually went out to the game, and I know actually just a few of my friends that are big Kings fans and will go out to matches uh, anytime throughout uh, the season. And they say it is a great night out, brilliant night out. Um, I used to go to Sydney Kings games, Maddie, a long time ago, back when they were permanently based at the Entertainment Centre, which is now uh, no longer as it was in uh, the centre of Sydney. Um, but to get 18,000 people, and I, look, I could be wrong, but just off the top of my head, I think that's probably bigger than any NRL crowd in Sydney uh, from last weekend. I could be wrong, but it would definitely be up there anyway. So the level of interest is there. Um, SEN is calling it, uh, depending where you're listing, uh, have coverage in Sydney uh, from 6pm. Other stations join uh, as we go along in the coverage, Jimmy Smith in, and the team. But Look, SEN app, the way to go as yes, well. Yes, of course. Just have that yep. on your phone. Yep. You can tune into any station you like. It's great. It's great. The SEN app. It's one of my. It is actually my favourite app, Maddie. Um, however, it's yeah, just look, listening back to your own podcast. Exactly. Uh, no, um, well, uh, Kings. Yes, <laughs> I think the Kings are loved in Sydney, um, and I think you'll see a big crowd out there tonight. Whether it be the crowd that we saw on Friday, because it is a Wednesday night, middle of the week, that might maybe dampen it a little bit, but we'll have to wait and see. But And you are right, though. They won the competition last year, um, and everyone thought, and I'm no basketball expert, but I think everyone that had even some level of interest in it thought three, maybe four games. I think people are surprised that it has got to the fifth game, um, but you would hope and you would think at home uh, with the big crowd in front of them that they will uh, get up. But it should be an interesting occasion out there tonight. It certainly will be very intriguing. Does that mean all us south of the Murray are going for uh, New Zealand tonight just to um, spice up the rivalry between the two states? I'd say so. I wouldn't expect anything less, Matty. Yeah, I appreciate that. Just before I do yep. let you go, the uh, multicultural round, I believe it is, this weekend in the NRL um, to uh, cel celebrate all the different parts of the community. But... There was a, an article that I saw, I think it was uh, AAP that put it out yesterday, that um, there will be no Pride round in the NRL introduced this year. Is this off the back of the situation with Manly last year? It wasn't Pride round. I think it might have been Women's in Sport round or something similar to that where the Guernsey was changed mm. and then we had the seven or eight players that remove themselves from being available for selection because of the Guernsey? Yeah, so I think from memory, it was women in league around and uh, they wanted to wear that pride jersey and uh, we know what happened there. And in terms of Manly, that really derailed their season. They didn't win another game after that. Des Hasler, their coach, was sacked. Look, there, I'd say that would play a big part in it. Um, 
whether you agree or, or disagree. Um, and I think also about three or four weeks ago, there was a poll uh, in one of the papers here from the CEOs and the coaches who most of them didn't support a pride round. And look, I would say... Unfortunately, um, uh, if they did have a pride round, you would probably see more of the things that happened with the players, like we saw the seven players last year from Manly uh, pulling out of matches in that round. And I, I suppose the NRL, um, they've got uh, women in league round again this year, that she said the multicultural round, but I suppose the NRL don't want to risk uh, the fact that you could end up having a weekend where a lot of players are sitting out. And unfortunately, that's probably the reality of it at the moment, rightly or wrongly. Um, so, yeah, unlikely. I think it was said yesterday they haven't uh, thought about it, but it seems unlikely that there will be a pride round. But you are right, Maddie. Last year wasn't actually a pride round. It was just Manly wanting to do that. Um, but, yeah, in terms of a pride round, Peter Volandi said last year they'd love to be able to do it, but it doesn't seem to be on the table at the moment. Does that set the NRL backwards? Like, if we're all about being inclusive and even in the towards this weekend with multicultural round, the fact that we can't get over this hurdle with most of the clubs and bringing them on the journey, does, does that set the NRL a little backwards? I don't know if it sets them backwards, Maddie. I know, as I said, Volandis um, and the hierarchy floated the idea of having this pride round this year. And look, I, I would have supported it. I would have had no issues uh, with it. But we, I just think the fact that, as I said, look, if if there was a pride round, um, and I think also you got to remember as well with the whole Manly situation, if memory serves correctly, the players weren't told about it beforehand. Um, now, if there was going to be a pride round, obviously every club, all 17 clubs now, would have to have a heads up about it. But still would be in that situation where how many players, uh, because of their beliefs, how many players sit out that weekend and how much of a dent does that put into a competition? Now, if it's only one or two players from each club, that's fair enough. But if we get to a point where there's seven players from every club, um, and that's just a number because that's what we had at Manly last year, sitting out a weekend, it really does put a dent into the quality of the NRL competition. So, look, I would have no doubt, though, Matty, they would have had discussions about this privately. Um, and I'm sure it's something they'll want to do into the future. But obviously, as I say, they don't want to dent the quality of the game for a weekend, which you can ill afford to do, really, uh, with the AFL starting. And at the end of the day, rugby league, like the AFL, like every other sport, we're an entertainment product um, and you need your best players when possible out there playing. So I suppose that does become a big factor into it amongst all the other things uh, that came out of it last year as well. And just very quickly, I know you haven't got an update on the uh, players' um, <laughs> EBA situation, but I've got some exclusive audio oh, do you? Um, that I've been able to obtain about what is going on with this Bargaining agreement. Would you mm. like to hear it? Please. This will be good. <laughs> Absolute crickets. Um, and I know they weren't representing the multi multicultural round launch yesterday, so it's still ongoing. Well, we haven't heard anything the past three weeks since this yeah, competition crickets. started. Exactly. We've heard exactly. crickets. Crickets. That's it. That is it. We actually had a Nothing. play good for crickets down here in Victoria yeah. the last couple of weeks. Anyway. Lovely. Um, thank you, Dan. Great. I look forward to being down there in a few weeks' time. Thank you, Matty. We'll chat next week. Bring your bug spray. Yeah, uh, you. <laughs> I we'll do chat. anyway. And yeah, we'll chat next week. Thanks, Matty. 
Uh, Matty Cox in Melbourne, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. And if you have anything to say on the back of any of that, uh, 0457 736 736, our text number, or open line 1300 01 1170. It is interesting having that chat about the AFL grand final potentially going to twilight. We know here in Sydney, the night grand final since 2001, I think 2000 was the last daytime grand final. And I know we have this argument all the time, but would you love to see the NRL go back to a day grand final? Or are you happy with a night grand final? It is really interesting because there is now, and I may have said this last year, but there is now a certain population um, who is now 2023. So this would be, what, 21, 22 years we've been having night grand finals. The younger generation would not remember daytime grand finals. I was 10 when the last daytime grand final happened. Um, so I remember them, but just. But there would be a younger generation that have grown up with nighttime grand finals and just don't know what we're talking about when we talk about daytime grand finals. But would you love to see a return to a daytime grand final for the NRL? Or are you happy with the nighttime grand final? Or what about a twilight grand final? And I know we tried that for a few years, um, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, where the game was kicking off at about five, quarter past five. I'd say TV would probably have a bit to say in that. Would you like to see a return of the nighttime grand final, a uh, return of the daytime grand final, or do you like the nighttime grand final? 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. Also this morning, Brad Arthur, he has received a coaching extension until uh, the end of 2025. Is he the right man to steer the paramaterials to a premiership? Took them to the grand final last year. Is he the right man to take them all the way over the next few years? And greatest signings of all time for your club. Your greatest signings of all time. Buddy Franklin on the back page of the Telegraph today hasn't won a competition for the Swans, but has been great with their marketing. The greatest signings of all time. 0457 736 736, our text number. Call the open line 1300 01 1170 to your text and more of the news of the day next. It's 22 minutes to 6 in New South Wales, 22 to, 22 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, Vossi, James Magnuson, not too far away for breakfast after 6 a.m. Uh, just on that Kings match as well uh, that Maddie and I were talking about before uh, the break, of course, the grand final series, game five, the last game of the grand final uh, series. We will have coverage uh, tonight now for listeners through Sydney on SEN 1170 a.m. Coverage will begin at 6 p.m. Uh, stations around the place will join uh, at respective uh, different times, but you can hear it on the SEN app from 6 p.m. Jimmy Smith, Tom Garlop, and Oscar Foreman in for the call from 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, Queensland Stations, I think you'll join a little later on uh, for that one uh, from about 6.30 your time uh, for the start of play, but you can hear it on the SEN app from 6 p.m. Uh, this evening. If you're heading out to uh, the game, uh, got tickets, are you excited, are you nervous? Uh, can the Kings get up 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 to your text in just a second? Just a bit of cricket uh, news uh, for uh, this morning. Of course, the test match is done and dusted, but we're not too far away uh, from the one-day series getting underway. And Steve Smith uh, will stay on as acting captain of the one-day squad uh, after Pat Cummins made the decision uh, to stay in Australia to remain uh, with his family. Um, now, we know... 
uh, Cummins returned home halfway uh, through the Test Series to be by his by the side of his mother, Maria, uh, who passed away, sadly, uh, last week on the eve of the fourth match. The side, as we know, wore black armbands for their respective teammate during the game. Uh, Coach Andrew McDonald said Pat won't be coming back. He's still taking care of what's happened back home. Now, thought so with Pat and his family as they go through that grieving process. Uh, Cummins will also not be replaced in the squad, but Nathan Nellis has come in for the injured Jai Richardson. Uh, there's a three-match, one-day series. It begins on Friday in Mumbai. As we know, they lost the uh, the Test Series 2-1, but the one day is getting underway on Friday. Uh, 0457 736 736. We do that for Kennards Hire. Kennards Hire, make your job easy. Visit your local branch today. All right, your text, 0457 736 736. We'll start from this one. Uh, a text in greatest signings of all time, greatest players of all time. Tom Brady. Drafted 199, Mr. Irrelevant to Patriots winning six out of nine Super Bowls and won seven Super Bowls overall playing in 10. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady has to be not just one of the greatest signings of all time, but he would have to probably be one of the greatest players, greatest athletes of all time, wouldn't he? Has to be. Uh, good Good text. Uh, I know a lot of people love it. Tom Brady. Now, in terms of the Brad Arthur situation, so funnily enough, we were talking about this on Monday on the show about if the Eels start the season zero from five, would he be under any pressure heading in to the rest of the season? Now, I'm not saying he'd be facing the sack or anything, but I would have thought he would be under a bit of pressure if they are to lose their next three games. And as I keep saying, they could easily win their next three games too. They're a good sign. Um, but he's not going to be under any pressure because uh, the Eels have decided that he's there until at least the end of 2025, which will make him the Paramount Eels' longest-serving coach. But, And I'm not a Parramatta fan, but Parramatta fans have seemed for many years to like Brett Arthur, but just not sure if, they can, if he can take them all the way to a premiership. Grand finalists last year against Penrith. And as I said at the top of the show, probably unlucky that they've been in that era with the Roosters and the Panthers going back to back. This one. Good morning, uh, Dan. Brad Arthur's contract extension just shows the lack of top coaches in the NRL. Um, and I hope they have him an uh, abacus in the coach's box so he uses the full bench during a game, especially when we are losing that from the slimy eel. Well, again... Uh, not happy with Brad Arthur. Here's another one. Good morning, Dan. I put to you simply, if Brad Arthur can't, can't manage a bench and squad of 17 over 80 minutes, how on earth can he manage a team and squad of 30? Um, uh, he's, uh, yeah, and then he goes on and talks about the uh, salary cap situation, which I won't go into. But, uh, yeah, you, you are right, Dan. Look, there's a, this is what I mean. Uh, the past two texts, Slimy Eel and then Dan um, talking about the situation with Brad Arthur. There are a lot of Parramatta fans like Brad Arthur, but don't think he's the man to steer them to a premiership. 0457 736 736 or 1300 Now on the grand final, uh, we were talking about day-night grand finals, but also at the top of the show, an article today in the Telegraph about potentially Queensland having this year's grand final. And I know we were talking about it this time last year. Um, but we've got a New South Wales state election in 10 days' time. A lot will maybe ride on that. And Peter Philandes, of course, before all of that last year, said he'd like to see a Super Bowl-type 
scenario. Uh, Yeovil Treeman says, Hi, Dan. Happy to see a Super Bowl-type approach to awarding the grand final. I think the tradition was somewhat broken when the grand final was moved from the SCG. My only caveat for the venue is that it is limited to areas that are already involved in the NRL competition, i.e. New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, and New Zealand. And if Perth enter the NRL, can add that venue, that from the Yeovil Treeman. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I personally, whilst I think we have to expand the game, whilst I think we need to advertise the game to any markets, I just think the grand final, the showpiece of the game, and we talked to Matty Cox about it uh, last year. We didn't have a chance today. But outside of COVID, do they leave? Do they leave Melbourne, the AFL? I don't think so. I don't think we should be leaving New South Wales. Or, I, I look, I'd be happy for Queensland. I think I would say, though, I just want them to make a decision, especially about this year. Because at the moment, we don't want to be in the situation where we were last year, where we didn't know where the grand final was going to be in July or August. And it is very hard for people to make plans if they live interstate. Hopefully a decision is made a lot sooner than that. 0457 736 736 or 1300 A few more texts there. I'll get to them after the break and uh, wrap things up. It is 11 minutes to 6 o'clock in New South Wales, 11 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, good to have your company. Back to your text. Michael points out, and he is right on uh, the text, it's not an extension uh, with Arthur. This is Brad Arthur. It's an option on his contract, which is triggered by CPIs, which when he made the grand final gave him the opportunity to take the one-year option. Well, it is an extension uh, still until the end of 2025. Uh, uh, more texts uh, here. This one from Aaron. Morning, Dan. Rebrad Arthur. I think it's a great move from the front office. And this is another way to look at it. And if the Eels go 5-0, uh, 5-0 in terms of losing, this will remove all oxygen from the media about his future and prevent a possible distraction and a derailment to them building the season. And look, to be honest, I still think um, the Eels could easily win the next three games, to be honest. But we'll wait and see uh, what happens uh, with that. And look, Brad Arthur is a very good coach. Um, I still just wonder if he's the one to take them to a premiership. But look, I could be wrong. Uh, I could be very wrong. Uh, in terms of greatest signings of all time, uh, Razor from Brisbane says, Cooper Cronk to the Roosters, two premierships. Then he says Cronk to Fox League, uh, Cronk, Smith and Slater to Storm. Uh, well, Cooper's very good on Fox League, but yeah, two competitions with the Roosters. Hard to forget that. Uh, this one, uh, this from the Kiribati Panther. This is a great text. Greatest signing, Brandy. Uh, why? Pre-1984, they were cellar dwellers for nearly 20 years. Then he started, uh, when they started, made five final series in eight years, two grand finals, and of course, a premiership in 1991. That from the Kirribilli Panther. Great text, Kirribilli Panther. And Jason says, do you think the Melbourne Storm will be able to beat the Gold Coast Titans? Uh, I'll tell you on Friday, Jason, when we do our preview uh, with Charlie Goodsir. I think they're a good chance. Uh, and this one from the Chookman. Hey, Dan, they should play the aerial ping pong, as in the AFL, on the moon or maybe Pluto. Uh, there is an AFL fan for you. Thanks for your company today. Lots coming up on The Breakfast Show with Fossey and James Magnuson this morning. Don't forget the Sydney Kings tonight in action uh, against the New Zealand Breakers. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m. News and then breakfast. Have a great Wednesday.